Hey fellow Fight fans, how you doing? It's Declan Kirby, uh, co-host of the We Are Rising podcast. Uh, i just like to come out and first apologize upon this long-awaited episode. Uh, we're a month overdue and I, um, I can't apologize anymore. I'm really deeply sorry. Uh, me and Andrew have uh, been busy with work. Uh, I now have been picking up 12-hour shifts. Uh, Andrew now selling into a new full-time job, so, uh, finally, as of today, um, February the 3rd, uh, God, I hate saying that, February the 3rd of, uh, 2018, we are finally up to editing this episode, um, so, uh, and to even break even more bad news, uh, this episode, um, I actually did not even participate in, unfortunately. Didn't even have time to do that. Uh, but, got some good news. Uh, we have Mike from the Rise Up podcast filling in uh, for my shoes. Uh, definitely did a great job. He definitely knows his stuff. <laughs> definitely, definitely knows his stuff. I can guarantee you guys on that. Um, but, uh, stay tuned. Um, we have some great uh, guests coming out. Actually, some really uh, big, big shows coming up. Um, we have a couple of call-outs, actually, too. Uh, so, stay tuned for that. Um, got a few surprise guests. Uh, I think Andrew actually leaked it out on Twitter. Uh, we are having Cindy Dandois on soon. So, that's going to be a great one. Uh, he has a couple more guests as well, so... Uh, we're definitely going to make it up for you guys. I definitely promise you on that, and enjoy the episode, guys. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome to the We Are Rising podcast. Uh, this is Sunday, January 14th, 2018, our first 2018 show. And this is Andrew, uh, one of the co-hosts of the We Are Rising podcast, and today I'm joined by a very special guest, uh, I have here Mike from the Rise Up Podcast. Mike, thank you very much for, for joining us. I really appreciate that. Oh, yeah, man. Uh, thanks for having me. Uh, my, my regular co-host, Declan, unfortunately could not make it. So um, luckily, um, it just happened that uh, you were going to be doing a, a, a uh, collab with us. So, you know, it's, it's, kind of, it's happenstance that at least, you know, that it will just be the two of us. But, you know, uh, you know it's better than, you know, doing something solo. Yes. So, so it was horrible. So yeah, I just I just wanted to talk about um because you're another um rise uh, Ryzen uh, focused podcast and outlet and just I want to know how you got into Ryzen. Uh oh man, it goes back uh, to my younger years, man, with Pride. So um I I much like uh, Pride, uh, you know, uh, well or with Ryzen, however you want to say it. Like once uh, Pride, uh, you know, got bought out. I pretty much uh, quit watching MMA. So, you know, there was Dream. I watched that for a little bit, and it, you know, didn't really pan out too well. And then I heard about Ryzen, and I was like, ah, it might be another Dream-type situation. Uh, so I didn't put too much stock into it at, at first. But now, um, I think after their first couple of events, I was like, all right, man, it seems like they're, you know on track, this is what it, sh you know, should, this is kind of how Dream should have been, 
and as long as they stick with the format, they're fine. Um, and it seems like they're doing that. It seems like they learn um, from from dreams, mistakes, and stuff. So mm-hmm. uh, really, like I said, I just I, to not ramble on too long. I just it, I was always a Pride fan, and like World Valley Tudo Championships, uh, the original UFC before it got bought out. Um, just basically Valley Tudo and, and the whole part. Uh, type fighting. That's what I mean. And me, and then my whole family, like everybody, cousins, brothers, everybody was into it back in the day, man. So, um, yeah, I just I love uh, the Japanese style, the pride fighting style. So that's why uh, um, I'm really interested in covering, you know, Ryzen because mm. you know. And so, what what led you into uh, creating the Rise Up podcast? Um, really, just um. Just because I enjoy it, um, you know, I have some spare time here and there. You know, I'm busy doing a lot of other stuff, but uh, I have, uh, you know, spare time here and there to, to kind of contribute to it. And I'm just a fan. That's it. Um, and I didn't really see anybody else um, doing anything about it, so I said, you know, hey, you know, I'm a, you know, I'm a fan of it. And I, I didn't really, actually, honestly, care if anybody else covered it or not. Um, I just was into it because I'm a, like, again, I'm a big Pride fan, so. Ryzen's naturally, you know, intrigues me. So, um, and then I'd noticed, I think Ryzen put out a thing. They were looking for, for coverage and stuff. So I had a uh, message them and said, you know, hey, you know, I'm starting this thing. Um, actually, I was in the middle of starting it anyway. I was like planning it. And uh, then I seen that message. So it was just kind of like a sign, like, all right, I got to do this. <laughs> so that's how I got started, man. It was just, um, just, just being a big fan of it. Yeah, it's basically the same thing with us. Uh, we were big fans, so that nobody was covering it, and we were like, "This is uh, an aspect of mixed martial arts that's 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 becoming bigger and bigger." I think, and nobody's covering. It, so why not jump on that? Uh, jump on that before you know everybody else tries to. Yeah, well, that I mean, it's um, it's a superior style of fighting. Um, I know a lot of people, uh, you know they. People argue back and forth with you about it, but it is. I mean, it's with the uh, face stomps and the soccer kicks and the knees to a down opponent. That's true fighting. That's the more, you know, and it's not the slight, you know, anybody that fights at these other promotions, but it, it's not, it's not the same, man. It's, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, just, it, it's just superior in the ring. And with that rule set, it's better than anything else on the planet. And also not to mention the entertainment value that, you know, yeah, the so enter- they actually put production behind you know, it's not just a, a ring or a cage in the middle of an arena with some house lights. Exactly. No, exactly. And that's, you know, everybody ha- it feels like a unique, it, feel, it feels like everybody else, ha- everybody has an identity. Everybody's unique. Um, not every, not everybody's coming out to the same uh, uh, type of attire. Everybody's got their own unique character in a, in a, in a way. Yeah, they play on the pro wrestling aspect of it, right? Exactly, exactly. Everybody's larger than life. Exactly. And so you start becoming invested in these fighters, and because they don't have an event every other day, uh, the same fight, this is why Pride was good too, and it built a lot of big stars, because they didn't do it every other week or every other day. Every event pretty much had the same people on. So you got to, like, every event you got to look forward to seeing these fighters fight, and then they, you know, and they just built their star power. That's how, you know, Rampage got big. That's how Vanderlei Silva got big. You know, they were pretty much on every card. Exactly. So because of the space in between the cards, they were able to do that. Exactly. Uh, and just like Pride, um, 
we're going to be talking about the two uh, New Year's Eve shows of 2017, December 29th, December 31st, uh, that happened both at the Super Saitama Arena. Um, and we're going to start off reviewing uh, day one of the New Year's Eve shows. Um, uh, so overall, what do you think of the, the show, Mike? Uh, the December 29th show. Um, I, it was good. I, I, I think for the most part, I actually enjoyed the 29th, uh, more. Really? Yeah. Um, just the way, uh, the, the way everything happened. I, I don't know. I mean, I, cause the 31st was great too. I mean, but, um, the, I don't know. I just felt like there was more on the 29th. Okay. And, uh, I, I I should probably have the cards in front of me because I'm kind of fuzzy, so oh. I might be thinking certain fights are on the different days, but mm. if I remember correctly, it was, uh, I enjoyed it more. I mean, I know he had the, the Grand Prix finals on all the, uh, on the 31st, but, uh, uh, at the 29th, it was a fun card. I mean, um, I, you have to re- refresh my memory a little bit. Yeah, uh, yeah, sure, no, no, no. Um, well, um, uh, if you, uh, you can feel free to look up the card while I give you my thoughts. Well, the thing is that about the t- December 29th card, I was watching it live at 1 a.m. On a, on a weekday where I had to work the next day. And unfortunately, almost every match up until the actual uh, uh, Grand Prix uh, quarterfinals was a decision. Went to the limit. And um, unfortunately, you know, I guess perhaps my m- me staying up uh, at such a... At such a weird time on a weekday probably uh, made me incredibly frustrated. So, like, I was, I guess you could say I was hoping for more finishes just so I could go to bed uh, much earlier. Um, I mean, I thought the show was good overall, um, though I do, ha- I do question some decisions for, um, that happened during the show um, that went the limit, um, which we could talk about. Um, do you have the card up? Uh, yeah, sorry, I, I got it up, uh, I'm trying to make sure I silence this stuff, because I got the fight TV thing up, I don't want it to mm-hmm. play the sound on you. Oh, that's fine. Um, no copyright strikes? No, yes, no, no copyright strikes. Uh, <laughs> um, let's see, I'm trying to think, okay. Um, oh, yeah, okay, so, um... I mean, yeah, because uh, the 29th had the Pechi fight with uh, Ishiwatari. That was a oh. brutal knockout. That was highlight reel. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, King Reina and Sidney Dandwa, that was uh, definitely a bunk decision. Um, mm-hmm. um, well, uh, uh, I like to go through the card one by one, and just, you know, we'll eventually, we'll eventually get to the uh, King Reina uh, Cindy Danwell, because okay. I think that is certainly well. I think there's maybe two controversial decisions on on that one, um, and uh, but one that was not controversial was the uh, Kichi Kuminimoto versus uh, defeating Satoru Kitoka uh, match. Um, he defeated him by uh, decision, uh, fifteen minutes, uh, uh, two rounds. And um, do you remember much of this fight? Yeah, I mean, Strasser, he just used his reach a lot. Yep, he uh, used his reach and size, and um, that's he basically overpowered uh, Kitoka and actually almost finished him. I believe it was in uh, round two. Um, oh, no, I'm sorry, it was round one. I think he... It was the first round, yeah. yeah. 
Um, I actually I thought that Kido, uh, Kidoka would win because of his um, of his just weary, really weird uh, submission like experience. But um, yeah. Oh yeah, I, I even tweet I tweeted out that he. Oh yeah, I, I tweeted out that he is. He's maybe the weirdest looking human being on earth. Like I've never, it's he is. It's like, it's it's like some it's someone created like a a bad parody of Frankenstein. I I've never seen someone with such bad hair and just his facial structure it is just it is. I don't know. I don't know how he was created. It had to be in a lab. Comes out and he purposely makes the faces, man. It's just it's great. Oh no no it's great no he's he's got a personality. That's what I that's what I really like about him. Um, he, he is, he is a character and I think he, I think he certainly knows that. Oh yeah. But, but uh, uh, fight was pretty much one-sided. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, now for the next match, um, this match I loved. I actually thought it was actually fantastic. The Kana Watanabe versus Shinzuka Sugiyama match. Uh, yeah, uh, Kana's got another fight coming up here at Deep Jewels. Oh, she does. Oh, Okay, good, good. Um, hopefully she'll be three and zero. Um, with the next fight, but um, yeah, I love this fight. I thought it was. I thought it was a very. Uh, I thought it was just cool seeing a judo expert versus basically someone who is an expert in MMA who who's been around for such a long time in uh, Sugiyama and just seeing like. It, 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 it was, I don't want to say it was not David, but it was definitely like, it was just such an intriguing, intriguing matchup. What do you think about it? Yeah, it was good. I, I mean, um, and uh, I'm probably going to butcher her name, but <laughs> I'll just say Kana. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, and she, um, uh, she's, she's, she's definitely shown like uh, her potential. Like, I mean, she's just really getting started with this. Oh, yeah. I think um, she, she was 1-0 so, when she had this match. Yeah, so I mean, bright, bright start to making it absolutely, um, and uh, Sugiyama's good too. But it's just like uh, it just seemed like kind of just like had an answer for everything, mm-hmm. you know, like no matter what. Um, and and uh, she had that third round armbar that she almost got, which was yeah. you, I, I. It was you know, uh, I thought you know, I just thought you know that I think that what. Hopefully she'll be on more rising shows in the future. Um, Watanabe, I mean. Yes. Oh, I'm sure. She, uh, hopefully she'll be there in May. Um, and actually, it's funny because I originally picked Sugiyama to win this um, based on experience, but uh, nope. In this case, uh, experience did not win. Uh, youth beat experience. Um, in this case. That happens a lot these days. Uh huh. Uh huh. Um, now uh, the next match. Um, was pretty awesome as well. Uh, Kizimon Saiga versus Kai Asakura. Um, now, originally, now this was um, not supposed to be uh, uh, Kai Asakura. Um, no, I'm sorry. It, was, it wasn't supposed to be uh, Kizimon Saiga. It was supposed to be. Yeah, it was supposed to be Saiga. Yeah. It was supposed to be uh, Chiro Ito, but uh, he had a injury. Um, and was, I think this was two weeks' notice that he that that Saiga came in. Um, yeah, which I, I feel bad for him because he's just been on a skid. Yeah, you know, but you can't. I don't think you know. This is a type of. This is kind of like, 
I guess it's kind of, you know, it's a loss that won't affect him. It's kind of like when uh, Bisbing uh, recently took on, um, uh, what's his name? Who did, uh, uh sorry, who's that? Uh, uh, I can't remember. I'm horrible with you. I barely follow UFC, but um, I kind of, kind of remember that. Uh, uh, I think it was Gaslam. It was Gaslam. Yeah, I think it was Kelvin Gaslam. Oh, yeah. Um, like, oh, um, like two weeks notice after the, uh, GSP, um, the GSP match. Um, okay, yeah, because I watched that. I watched that one. I, I, I do I do like watching the GSP. Anytime GSP is on UFC, I'll watch this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, I don't blame you. I don't blame you. Uh, but, yeah, I definitely feel um, this, this is a case where a loss won't be counted against him just based on the, um, on the circumstances that happened. I, I'm sure we're going to see Kizumon Saiga in, fu- in future um, rising shows. Um, oh, and just, um, this was, uh, this went to round two, seven minutes and 33 seconds. Um, TKO punches a knee. Uh, and, uh, j- oh, just to let everybody know, Wanabi defeats Sugiyama, uh, by decision. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was a pretty brutal knockout. It was a pretty brutal knockout, from what I remember. Um, anything else you want to say about this fight? Uh, no, I just, other than, I guess, a lot of people want to see Kai Asakura in, uh, tension. Yes. Yeah, well, did they say in a box, in kickboxing, or an MMA match? I don't think people care, I think they just want to, um, I would guess you, uh, MMA. Okay. uh, I don't know, but, um, tension's pretty, you know, wanting to stick with the kickboxing, which I don't blame him, I mean, that's his bread and butter, but, um. Either way, I'd enjoy seeing them either kickboxing or because they've been talking about uh, tension uh, kickboxing with uh, Horiguchi as well. That would be interesting. I would be intrigued to see that. Um, uh, I don't know. That's a tough one. I t- oof. yeah. See, that's why it'd be a good fight. <laughs> oh God, that's just, I don't. It's hard. It's hard to pick. Yeah, I kind of figured they were they were gonna they were gonna try to push more MMA into. Uh, uh, Nasakawa, uh, in 2018. That's what I, that's what I was thinking. Um, but if he really wants to just do kick more kickboxing, you know, um, hmm. Oh God, that's a t- I don't know. That's one. That's one. I if you held a gun to my head right now, I wouldn't know. I honestly would not be. Able- intriguing, right? That's a. It would be an interesting, uh, <laughs> interesting fight. Yeah. No. It would. It would be. I. Yes. I would. I don't think in an MMA match, uh, Natsukawa is ready for Horiguchi, but in a kickboxing match, whew, that's a... T- yeah, I honestly don't know the answer to that one. I don't know. Do you have an answer to that one? I think, I think MMA, Horiguchi. Oh, absolutely. No, there, there's no question Horiguchi would, I think, blitz him in, yeah, in that. Yeah, um, kickboxing is a little different, though. Um, but, oh, man, I don't know. Uh, hopefully they do that, because I, I, I kind of want to see that now. So. Yes. Uh, oh, yeah, well... I think we'll be getting that in the future. I don't know, 2018, but maybe 2019, I feel we might get a Horiguchi Nasakawa thing. I still think they don't want, I don't think they want to put Nasakawa in there just yet against someone such a high level. I think they're still waiting. Yeah, no, uh, that's why I think Kai Asakura would be a good step up now. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Um, now, the next match. Um, I thought it was a very controversial decision. Uh, Anthony Burchek versus Jay Hoon Moon in a uh, reserve Grand Prix reserve matchup. Um, I'm curious to know uh, what do you think of this fight and who do you think won? Um, 
um, it, it was a it was a decent fight. It was you know pretty balanced. Um, how I kind of figured BJ Moon is a very fun fighter, and um, Burchak, you know, it seemed like towards the end he was getting really tired. Yes, and Jay Hoon was was picking, you know, just kind of pecking at him and, and kind of pushing the pace a little bit. And I think that's what the judges saw, and that's why they gave him the uh, the decision. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he start to fade, mm-hmm. you know. Now. I had a theory behind why Burchek may have faded. Do you remember the low blow that happened to him during round two? Yes. I, yeah. <laughs> I feel I like... Oh, sorry, go ahead. I said I felt that one. Yeah, I know, I felt that. And, like, I don't know. I feel like that might have affected him going forward. Because he just... Oh, to- I, yeah. I mean, it doesn't. It's not like you just shake it off and you're fine. And you know, I mean, it still hurts you for the rest of the fight. Mm-hmm. So you know, it, it's probably, it was probably bothering him. You know, <laughs> for the you know from that point on. So mm-hmm. uh, even with adrenaline, you're, you're still going to feel certain things, or your body's just not going to react. So um, yeah, but I. But at the end of it, though, I still I still think uh, Jay Hoon did did win it. Mm-hmm. You see, unfortunately, I'm still. Uh, a spoiled UFC watcher, so I still, when I watch a lot of fights, no matter where they're from, I still have the UFC mindset in my head with regarding judging matches. So I judge this from a UFC standpoint. Uh, just oh, be- yeah, I can't do that. Though. I know it's so it's so hard. I know they don't do the ten point system in Ryzen, but it's just so hard because I've just been so indoctrinated with that that I just that's how I see that's how I judge fights from everywhere. And so, yeah, and that's why I pick, I thought that Burchek had a one, um, and that's that's why I thought you know that's why I thought you know yeah that's why I thought, I thought Burchek had won the match, um, and unfortunately uh, yeah it went to a decision, and it's you know I think this is uh, his third his third uh, consecutive loss in Ryzen unfortunately. Um, that was uh, yeah third third loss. And yeah, I don't know if you you saw his thing on Twitter. He was incredibly. Just devastated over it. Yeah, he wanted to uh, quit and retire. Oh, I, yeah. Um, I mean, here, I, I his fight against Kawajiri, I think Kawajiri lost. But against Otsuka, I thought he actually beat Otsuka. Um, I don't know, what, do you remember? Yeah, that, that, that's one that I was like, all right, wait a minute, you know. I'd have to go back and watch it again, but that one I, I would give Burchett down. Mm-hmm. Um, uh but Jehu Moon, I, I think he beat him fair and square. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I don't. I you know, I did not take anything away from Jehu Moon. Um, uh, yeah, and from this match, he definitely you know he hung in there with somebody who who has quite you know resume. A guy who knocked out Joe Soto in UFC. Guy who who was who's a pretty you know a pretty well experienced fighter in Anthony Burchek. and you know Jehu Moon you know pretty you know was able. It, was even before even before the the kick uh, to the uh, to uh, Bertek Falls, he was still getting in some uh, pretty good shots in him, and was um, I blocked a few takedowns from what I remember. And that's another thing as well. Bertek was going for a lot of takedowns near the third round, and yes. Moon Moon was just like just brushing them off. Um, yeah, Jay Moon's uh, main thing is kind of like old Chuck Liddell, man. He just he'll he knows like enough grappling just to get back on the feet and yeah. Keep it, he just wants to fight. And he I give up. And uh, Jehu Moon, I haven't seen a lot of his matches, but also I gotta say, he's got quite a chin on him. He took some actually pretty flush shots in this match, and it was like, he did, he did, he, 
I don't think he's Korean zombie level, but I think he is. He definitely has a good chin on him. Yeah, he's close. <laughs> <laughs> he's in the ballpark. Um, but uh, do you think we'll see? Uh, I think Anthony Brochek more or less uh, confirmed that he does have a future Ryzen match, right? Uh, yeah. If you want to talk about it later, with yeah, Nate, yeah, we'll definitely we'll definitely talk about it later. Um, uh, now, <laughs> now, oh, yes. Now the next match. Well, I don't even know if we should even call this a match uh, because there was no match because originally scheduled was supposed to be Gabby Garcia versus Shinobu Kandori. Um, now what happened was that Gabby Garcia came in at the weigh-ins and was overweight by, I believe, twenty-six pounds. Is that correct? Um, yes, I believe it's like 26 pounds. Okay. Now, during this entire, what they, in, in lieu of a match or just skipping it entirely, um, this is something that would only happen in Ryzen. I never, this would never happen in UFC. You would not have, you would never have Anthony Johnson come out and give an apology to the audience for missing weight, uh, for uh, going 15 pounds overweight or anything. This is something that will only happen in Ryzen. Um, so they had Kandori in the ring, and they had Nobuhiko Takada in the ring. Um, both cutting promos, Kandori saying that she was very disappointed and that she, uh, that, that uh, Takada said that the weight was too much of a disparity between the two, that it could not be, the fight could not be approved. Um... And, um, uh, Gabby got in the ring, they invited Gabby into the ring, where she was booed by the crowd, which I actually, I kind of thought that was a little bit funny, because usually boos, you never hear boos from the Japanese audience. It's not very common. Um, and she went on to cut a promo, I'm calling this a promo, uh, an apologetic promo, where I think she cut, she, did she infer that it was her, it was in her, she was on her period? No, I think she, no. It was affecting her period. Okay, I thought she was. Uh, it was the way she was because she was on her yeah, period. Like, cutting is uh, really dangerous. Yes, man. people need to stop doing it. Uh, you yes. see it with uh, Uriah Hall. Oh God! Um, oh God! You know, if people talk about the brutality of the sport. Like, you know, oh, you know, if if, if um, you know, you can kick somebody on the ground or soccer kick them or whatever. Oh, it's brutal. But nobody ever wants to talk about, you know, these they're literally killing themselves with with weight cutting. So, uh, what she was saying, she was just like having a lot of health complications or blood pressure screwing up, um, trying to cut that extra, trying to cut. I think they were trying to maybe not make her cut 26 pounds. That would be impossible. But maybe 10 pounds or 5 pounds, maybe they're trying to. Which they should have just let the fight go through. Kandori had 0% chance of winning anyway, even if Gabby weighed 120 pounds. Mm-hmm. So they should have just let it go, let her beat her up in like 10 seconds and just... Well, well originally they were having Kandori come in at one, I think it was 190, was it? 180 or 90? 180, 190, somewhere, in, yeah. And, uh, and uh, Garcia was supposed to come in at around 210, I think? She's too big for that. Yeah, um, I don't you know... Have to look at somebody's frame yeah. and go and they're just their physique and go yeah you're not I mean she could probably make that weight 
over a year or two mm-hmm. of cutting yeah. weight, but not not overnight, not within six month training camp, nothing like that. And I don't know if you follow G- uh, Gabby on her Twitter or her Instagram, but she was posting all these videos about her at at the gym and uh, to like she was like four hours on the treadmill and just sweating puddles. Yeah, no, she was serious. Yeah, yeah. I mean. And actually, there comes a limit. There comes a limit where, like me, um, I walk around maybe one seventy, depending, you know, maybe one seventy five. You know, fluctuates throughout, you know, the day or the week or whatever. But in that range, I'm not gonna make one twenty five. <laughs> you know what I mean? I wouldn't even try nothing crazy like that. Mm-hmm. Um, for the jujitsu tournaments, for the jujitsu tournaments, I've I've competed in. I've competed at one thirty five. I try to go to one twenty five, but my I'm five seven. My body won't let me go down any more below one thirty. Like I was feeling like I felt like I was like almost like sleep. Like it felt like there was. I just knew there was something wrong with me. Like trying to cut any more weight than I was trying to cut. And you know, so right now I just so, sorry. Go ahead. Just like physically ill. Yeah, just like but you're physically ill. I'm just like. The way I looked, I got—I was incredibly pale. My—I look like uh, my my face was all sunken in, and it—it's a—it's like it's—it's it's a feeling like I, you—you you feel mentally and physically weak. You just—you feel it's there's you feel like this there's like I can't describe the feeling that it really is. It's I, I'm trying to think of like what would be closest to it, but it's yeah, it's not a good thing. It's absolutely not a good thing. Um, and now, you know, when you're hearing like fighters like Darren Till, who are light heavyweights cutting down to welterweight or, you know, you know, the big, you know, remember the big one was Johnny Hendricks coming, coming down from like 210 to one to 170, you know, and now, you know, you know, it's actually funny, you know, we've only had two, as far as I can recall, there's only been three missed weights in Ryzen. There was, uh, Andy Nguyen. Um, for the uh, women's anime tournament, and um, uh, the New Zealand fighter, um, who I'm forgetting right now, he was on the uh, Ultimate Fighter. Um, he fought last year uh, at Ryzen, and he came overweight. Um, oh, fuck, I'm forgetting his name, but um, uh, yeah, you know, that's one thing. But trying to get Gabby Garcia down to whatever weight, I don't know if that's the weight she said she could get down to, or this is the one that. This is what Kandori asked, or what Ryzen asked. I don't know, but it clearly was not supposed to be. Yeah, no, and and you know, again, they need to kind of look at that. And go, there's no, you know, when somebody's that tall and mm-hmm. that built, you have to go. Yeah, you're not gonna make that weight. I mean, now, uh, now, know, I mean, Gabby, no matter what. She doesn't eat for a year. She will not make Adam weight. You oh, know what I mean? So exactly. Like you have to learn that there's a there's a limit there. And and Kendori again, she had zero percent chance of winning anyway, no matter what Gabby weighs. So they should have just let her go in and smash her like she did the other girl, mm-hmm. and just get this crap out of the way. Because like um, I uh, interviewed um, Veronica Futina and her camp, and she wants to fight her. She's of size, you know. She's five. What is she like? Five ten. 190 pounds, uh, kind of like Lady Tapa size, maybe just like a hair shorter and a little bit stockier. She wants to fight her, let her fight her. Jazzy Gabbard, she's 
you know, she got the neck injury, she can't fight. Yeah. But there's there's some other heavyweights that she can fight. I don't know why they're so obsessed with this. Because with Gabby, I don't even know if it, I don't know if it's poised past the point of, of the return, but um, they had something with her. They could have built her up as a monster and this and that, fighting, you know, legit people. Mm-hmm. And now they kind of made her into a, kind of a joke. Uh, well, I, I saw your uh, you did you did a, a segment on on Gabby how there's a like how she wants to fight on your YouTube channel how she wants to fight mm-hmm. higher level opponents and there's then there's opponents out there uh, but mm-hmm. uh, I think you said that were they turning her down or is this a rising thing that they don't want her to fight uh, these combination these... some were turning her down and other ones it's weird because like uh, Katya Kavalova will occasionally bring her name up but then you know you'll see gabby saying all right fuck it let, let's go let's do this and then it's just cricket 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 mm-hmm. it's like well did, i mean did you really want to fight her or are you just trying to like saber rattle or mm-hmm. what like now uh, you know so uh not too many people that are straight up mm-hmm. there's some that aren't serious about fighting her some mm-hmm. don't want to rematch her oxana Gagalova doesn't want to uh, rematch her. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I don't know if I want to see that rematch because I don't want to see another eye poke ending in five nope. seconds. Well, I'm just. Uh, crap is falling everywhere over here. Sorry. <laughs> Are you sure you're drinking water? Sounds like you're drinking alcohol. No, 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 no I don't drink. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Um, uh, no, it sounds probably, probably sounds like with the noise in the background. Mm-hmm. Um, no, but there, there's other, uh, uh, there's people that she can fight. It's up to Ryzen at this point, though, to book them. I see, yeah. Um, uh, but, uh, yeah, you know, um, basically, basically what happened during this, the, what, what, this, this promo thing ended with her apologizing, saying that she wanted to fight Ken Dory next year at the at the New Year's Eve show, which I don't know if I want to bank on that um, again. Well, I'm, ho- I'm, hope- I'm hoping she, maybe, you know, hope- I'm hoping that it's just like, kind of you know, this is their way out in ages, because they got a lot of backlash like, there's even a lot of Japanese not really wanting to see this fight, so mm-hmm. I'm, I'm hoping this is a way out, so they can say, alright, we'll do it next year, then you know, Kandori magically gets, you know, quote-unquote injured and they can't do it, then they give her somebody legit. Mm. And they kind of move on from this. Because I want to see the big heavy girls fucking throw it out. Yeah. Uh, excuse my language, but... I, don't worry. I don't want to, you know... Um, I mean, because even back in the day when they had semi they was at least fighting legit people. He was fighting Sistaki and um, Shoji and stuff like that. He was... He was at least fighting like legit, even though they kind of had him fighting smaller people. They were at least legit people. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I don't want to see Gabby fighting old, old ladies. Um, <laughs> I was actually there for the Yumiko Hota match, and I've got to say that was one of the most entertaining things I've ever seen in my entire life. When she run the ropes, and I have no regrets enjoying that that three minutes of seeing a monster beat up an old lady. I have no regrets at all. Ran off the ropes and just got snatched up like exactly. Yes. Ragged out. <laughs> uh, I, 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 have no, I I have no. I from a from a freak show standpoint, you know, I do have no problem with it because let's be honest, you know, that's the match that everybody was talking about. Nobody was talking. Well, that's the that's the stuff that gets the non rising people interested, you know, and I know that's an unfortunate aspect of of Japanese mixed martial arts, but that's why you know, you know. Uh, People, that's stuff that people that draws people's eyes. Um, 
you know, um, and, uh, you know, maybe we'll, we'll get to see her. I heard, it's so funny, her 2017 was, she had two no contests and one canceled match. I don't know if anybody's, that's, that's, that's incredible bad luck in a, um, uh, with a, uh, with a fighting record in one year for that. For, uh, poor Gabby. Yeah, very, very, uh, unfortunate. And, uh, hopefully she, like I said, hopefully, you know, New Year, let's, you know, hopefully May 6th, let's see what shakes out. Hopefully she's got, you know, Lady Tapas already said she, she wants a rematch. Yep. And I'm public about it. Uh, and, and I know you said that Jesse Gabert has the neck injury, but, you know, I, I originally thought that maybe she wouldn't do any more MMA, but now that she's not going to WWE, you know, maybe, you know, presuming she gets her neck fixed, maybe that's, she can do that last, just do that match before she goes to WWE or whatever she wants to do. Um, uh, the, uh, what's the name of the six foot ten um, kickboxing lady? What's her name again? That's Kathleen Kathleen, yeah. Um... I wouldn't mind seeing that, but I think I thought I heard she was trying to get to WWE as well. Yeah, a lot of them are. I don't know yeah. why, but <laughs> I think Rise would be more. Well, I don't know. I guess more secure pay. Or, um, I don't know. Um, but they, uh, she, she's talked about it. I don't, I've, I don't watch uh, WWE, so I don't really know. But I don't blame you. <laughs> I don't blame at you. At least on her, at least on her social media, I don't really see anything progressing on that front. So. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, Actually, you know, uh, what's uh, armchair booking? What would you say about Cindy Dandois versus Gabby Garcia? Um, I'd pay to see that, but uh, I think I think Gabby can overpower her. Gabby can overpower. Well, how much does she weigh normally? Uh, uh she said she's one fifty five around one fifty five, one sixty. When I talked to her. Um, yeah, I still see Gabby just, just with the size. Now, uh, what I really... Because I'm not impressed with her hands. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, yeah. Um, we'll talk about that later. In a minute, yeah. Um, but, you know, I originally thought that Ryzen was trying to build up a King Reyna versus Gabby Garcia match. That's why I thought the direction they were going in. But... Yeah, I, 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 uh... I wouldn't be too thrilled to see that, to be honest. Uh, well, maybe now I guess it doesn't matter because now King Randy has a loss. But I, mm-hmm. because you had two stars there, you, you might end up killing one of them, having them fight each other. But uh, but in terms of size, you know, I I mean, you know, King Randy is not two hundred. Come on, <laughs> you know, it's um, the maybe the best you can do, like a high level a high level judo fighter who is he- who is around one sixty, one seventy, or whatever it is. You know, she's a round of welterweight. Yeah, yeah, oh, she definitely is. Uh, she, yeah. she, um, that's the that's the match that I think that could have been done, but I don't know. Even at this, you know, uh, at this point, but um, basically, what and just to end off what happened with the promo, she apologized. She got she got on her knees and she apologized. Nobuhiko Takada said that we all make mistakes. This is the end, and um, he asked the crowd if they should give Gabby another chance, and they uh, they clapped. Um, presumably to um, allow her another chance. She did not shave her hair, which I'm co- I'm glad it did not come to that because yeah, there was no. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yes, that's all. That you will only see that in Ryzen. You will never see that in UFC or Bellator uh, or anything like that. And I think that it was about how long was that? Was it about, about like fifteen or twenty minutes? Yeah, it was a long segment. 
Um, and I won't lie, you know, being up at 3 a.m., 4 a.m., and having that wasn't the best thing in the, in the world. I'll just say that. Well, um, the next match I got on my list wasn't good for... Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Uh, yeah but... uh, Batar and Ashkelon uh, from Mongolia versus Hiroyuki Takaya. Uh, and basically, this match sucked. Nothing else. They just stor- they stared at each other for three rounds, and Tak- uh, Takaya got the win. What do you have to say about this match? Yeah, I just kind of, I kind of faded out during this match. To be honest, <laughs> I don't. I have, I have literally no notes for this. I, I have nothing. I just have, what is it? Um, they just circled each other. Um, yeah, and, I, and during on commentary, um, uh, I think it was um, Frank Trigg. Uh, by the way, the commentators were Frank Trigg and uh, Joe Ferraro. Frank Trigg said that this is looked like it was like a light sparring match. Yeah, it was. It's, you know, just pitter-patter here and there and circle, 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 you know. And I was actually looking forward to this match because I had just watched a Road FC mat, uh, show, Road FC 45, the week before. And they had a Mongolian fighter on there um, who was who was in the main event. And I thought, and this guy, uh, I'm trying to remember the name. The name is Erdin, Erdine, um, let me find his name, um. Because he was actually very good. In case if Ryzen ever wants to ever get a a um, another uh, fighter from uh, Mongolia, they should go with this guy and never uh, never go with Batarin ever again. Uh, the guy's name was uh, Nandine Erdine. Um, oh, okay. Nandine Erdine, um, and he uh, put up a good fight. Unfortunately, he got knocked out, but he still looked like a fighter. He didn't look like somebody who. Was having his first MMA match, which um, Batarin did, and Takaya basically won because I I don't I don't know he went for I had that he went for eight kicks in a row in the second round, so I will assume that's why he won. Um, but yeah, that match sucked. I was like the old Gracies uh, fights in the early prime. Yeah, yeah. So they would just lay there for half an hour. Actually, uh, uh, I'm curious. Question. Um, what do you think was the worst match? This match or the Heath Herring versus Satoshi Ishii match? Uh, oh, this one, sure. I'm a little bit conflicted because Ishii had many opportunities to finish that match because he had his he had Herring's back and did virtually nothing. While in this match, they did nothing. But so they at least ragdolled him a little bit. I guess there's that. Um, so that that just by that. Automatically puts it above this. <laughs> there wasn't even any rag going on. Uh, now the next match, um, I guess you could definitely say it was a controversial match, much more controversial than Burchek and Jehun Moon. Uh, Cindy Dandois versus undefeated at the time King Reina uh, in a lightweight match. Now, did you see the weigh-ins uh, for both of them? Uh, yes, I'm kind of fuzzy on the details, but uh, oh, uh, when she did the officer head thing and. Yeah. Yes, and she came out dressed as Al. She she weighed in without the Alice in Wonderland costume. I think it was. Yes. Uh, while wearing high heels as well. Yeah, that's great. Um, and King Reina, you know, lollipop and teddy bear and the crown and that whole thing. Everybody knows about that. But um, I think Dandois. I have it here that she came out to some Disney music from. I think it was the Alice in Wonderland movie. I think. Yes, uh, Painting the Roses Red. That was it. Okay. That was it. Um, which I thought was awesome. Um, now, I'm curious to know, what did you think about this match, and who do you think won? Um, 
it was an okay fight. It wasn't her best. It wasn't King Rain's best. Like it was all fireworks with Jazzy Gabbard. Oh yeah. Um, you know, and some of her other ones with uh, like Lady Tap and stuff. But um, it was okay. It was a challenge. I said this. I think it was one of the first videos I ever made when I started doing um, my uh, Rise Up podcast. It was uh, that she should fight Cindy Dandelion. Mm-hmm. It would be a tough challenge for her. And it did. I mean, the first round, she pretty much um, had her in a figure four around mm-hmm. the body. You know, had the body lock um, yeah. and pretty much controlled the position. She didn't get a submission or anything, but, um, you know, Dandelion pretty much controlled the whole first round. Mm-hmm. Um but overall, I think King Reina won because uh, you could tell, you could just tell the the punches, um, the power behind King Reina's punches were way more powerful than, than Dandelion's. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, just, yeah. Like, they were snapping her head back and, and, and King Reina, er, and Dandelion's punches weren't really phasing King Reina. There was, like, really no power behind them. Exactly, yeah. King Reina's were, like, solid. Yeah, and don't forget also, you, she had the, uh, and actually it was funny, during our interview with Cindy Danzois, I asked her what about the judo, um, King Reina's judo, if that will have any effect, you think that will, she'll be able to take it down, she said no, she doesn't think she'll be able to take her down, and that happened I think twice, that she got taken down uh, by, with judo throws. Yeah, and almost got the uh, Kimura. Yeah, wow. yeah. Um, uh, got saved by the bell on that. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Um, now actually, I thought Danzois won this, and... I th- what made me again this could be U- my my UFC indoctrinated uh, way of judging uh, matches. I thought the takedowns in the third round basically changed that up. She got those two incredible takedowns out of nowhere, and I think that's those were the deciding factors that made that gave her the win, um, a very close win, I might add. Um, yeah, that's probably what. You know, the two judges saw, but, I, I mean, I don't know, man. If you take somebody down, you should be doing something with it. Oh, yeah. No, um, I absolutely no, I absolutely know. agree. Um, and, it, uh, and uh, But aside from the takedowns, I mean, if you watch minus that, I mean, it was pretty much King Ray. Like, again, her punches were uh, snapping her head back, whereas, and, I mean, not to cut, now, like I said, I, I, this is, I knew Dan would be a tough challenge for her, and I think she yeah. was. And uh, there definitely needs to be a rematch. Oh yes, uh, absolutely, absolutely. It yeah, close, but I I think King Reina won that one. I think she should have won that one. But it's very close. She did get the takedown. She did control, uh, but with the body lock in the first round. And so, I mean, King Reina. I've said this, and I've sent questions to Ryzen to uh, try to get an interview with King Reina. But one of the things I, you know, sent as a question was. Would she consider ten five minute rounds because it seems like she screws herself with these three five minute rounds. I don't like three five minute rounds anyway, but because um, she gets somebody in a in a position to take advantage, and then the bell rings all the time. Mm-hmm. So Jazzy Gabber got saved by the bell. Um, uh, Lady Tabba got saved by the bell once uh, in one of the rounds or whatever, and, and so it happens all the time. Uh, I think it probably for her style would be better ten minute round. Mm-hmm. You know, ten five. Do you think that also what also plays into that? And I know that they mentioned on the commentary is that King Reina doesn't really kick it into gear in like the first few minutes or the first round. She tends to she tends to kind of get get into her mode 
in the second round and after. And by the time that happens, the bell rings. Yeah. And and that's why I think she should possibly try doing ten ten five. Yeah. Um, because yeah, the, the the every time she gets somebody in a position, I talked to Carl Albertson about that, and same thing. He was saying, you know, you you get into your groove, and then the bell rings. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. know, so um, which that was a great fight too, Yuri and uh, oh, we'll we'll be talking about that shortly. Um, I you know I, if if they had given this um to King Reyna, I wouldn't have been upset. But you know, if 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 the takedowns really did have that effect on her winning, I can't blame them for for the split decision win. Um, as well, you know, I, I it's d- not like a very controversial. You know, it's not super. Oh no, no it, it's not a robbery. I don't. It's not a robbery at all. Um, it's close enough where it was like where a rematch I think should happen. It, it, I don't know when, you know, but it should happen before. Uh, Wanted it like that night. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I'm. I'm guessing maybe May sixth they'll, they'll run it back. Um, and I, I, I've, I have no reason to believe that Cindy Danzois would turn it down. I mean, she was. I mean, she's one of the few women that's wanted to fight Cyborg way before it was cool to fight Cyborg to call her out, and then. Oh yeah. So I, I could definitely see Cindy Danzois not turning down a rematch with King Reyna. Um. What do you if they do have a rematch? Uh, what would you think? How do you think that could turn out? Uh, I think King Reyna. Well, well, for both of them, they both kind of know each other. You know, they know how each other are in the ring now. So, um, I guess it could still go either way. It's a close fight. I mean, it, it, it's. Much but you know, it's, I also I'm, I'm also kind of happy the the fight went the way it is because you know, I you know. The whole, you know, one of the controversial things about Rise is that they that they that they always put cans against their fighters, uh, you know, the fighters that they want to be big, and in this case, you know, obviously they want King Reyna to be one of their headliners, and she just, you know, she because no other no other companies do that, right? Oh, exactly. Oh, yeah, no, of course not. But you know, we we saw how she was against Cindy Dandois. And you can, you know, Cindy Dandois, you know, she's defeated Tanya Evinger. She's, uh, I think she was one uh, Invicta uh, champion of 135, I believe. I believe, I think. Uh, I know she's defeated Megan Anderson. Uh, yeah, she she's accomplished. Yeah, she absolutely is accomplished. And you, some, you can even argue that maybe that her UFC fight, she could have, that she should have won. I've heard some arguments about it uh, for that. But she's, she's. She's someone, you know, especially with her personal life. I don't know if you about know everything about her. She's a teacher, and she trains kids in jujitsu and stuff. Uh, and she, you know, she's not she she's not a, she's not a, she's no she's no easy fight. And the fact that King Reyna went the full distance with her, I think, says a lot about King Reyna. And hopefully, oh, yeah, she's the real deal. She's not just the character. The- exactly, exactly. Um, of course, you know, there's going to be people who are always going to say, you know, you know, Ryzen is just, you know, people fighting against cans, you know, so... Well, I mean, UFC could always, you know, grow some balls and send their guys over there. Yep, yep. Or they, and they could, they could always have a, uh, a real 145 women's division. Uh, or they, uh, which division? 145, oh, featherweight women's division. Yeah, well, yeah. Cyborg should be fighting in Ryzen. That's where all the big women are. Oh, exactly, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> He's fighting what uh, bantamweights, and you uh, know. I yeah. mean, I don't blame her. I mean, do you, you know, do what you gotta do. But oh, exactly. Yeah. Um, 
But uh, you brought up uh, Carl Albrechtson, and uh, he was in the next match against uh, Jiri Prochaska. Um, and uh, they're both uh, rising veterans. Prochaska was in the uh, open weight tournament where he lost against uh, uh, King Mo, I believe it was, who knocked him out, right? Um, but, uh, I have to go back and double check. Um, but, but uh, Carl Albrechtson was old. He was in no he was in no tournaments, but he was um, he was he's kind of like one of those guys that they always put in a, in in like the beginning of the cards to kind of I guess to kind of like, I don't know test him out I guess I feel like um, uh, but but they're both great fighters they're both great light heavyweight fighters um, and uh, oh Pro- yeah oh Albert Simmons intense and Pro- intense guy Pro- um, I think this was his first match since ha- uh. Since having uh, he had a knee injury of some kind, and this was his first match returning. Um, let me double check on that. But I know that he he was injured. He wasn't. He didn't fight for a while. He he had a he had some time. He had some time off, and this was one one of his either his his first return fights from the knee injury or uh, one of the one of his first few that he had. Um, but this ended. Um, with uh, Prochaska uh, knocking out uh, Carl Albrechtson uh, in a uh, very, in very violent and bloody fashion. Um, and actually, I thought that Albrechtson had this match won. You know, like you said, you know, if the match had gone a few minutes after, this, this he would have, it would have it been finished. I, I think the referee would have stopped it. Oh, yeah. that's what, I would love for him to just go 30-minute rounds. Mm-hmm. Get rid of the rounds. Just one round. Uh, that, way, that way everybody can... Unless it's like, you know, uh, Takaya and, and Batar or whatever, just, you know, you just yank them out. But <laughs> you know, if there is, if it's interesting, man, just let it keep going. Mm-hmm. Well, that's... Um, that, this, this, yeah, I mean, he, he had him on the ground. He had him at the ground and pound, he, you know. Yeah. Um, and um, went back and forth. It was a very even fight, so... Yeah. Uh, um, but he just he managed to get that uh, he managed to get that that one uh, that that one shot in and it um I think it did it was his nose bleeding or did he cut open his eye or his head? Uh, I think it was his nose. Okay. I think it was nose. Yeah. Because I remember I remember the, the, they showed a great slow mo shot where you could just where you see Carl Albrechtson you just see blood just fly right onto Prochaska and just slow mo. It was incre- it was incredible sights. Oh yeah, what a, I think it landed on his forearm, right? Yeah, that was it. That was it. Yeah. Um, um you, were you what okay? happened to him when he fought? Um, um, oh my God, how am I blanking on his name? Um, oh, he just fought before this. Uh, Theodorus. Uh, Theodorus. Theodorus. Yeah, yeah. Oxtelis. Yeah, yeah. He was bleeding there too. I think he just, you know, some people bleed easier, I guess. Oh yeah. You know. Oh yeah, it's a, it's a Nick Diaz thing. You know, you just tap him in the head, and suddenly they're. And it's just bleeding, yeah. Uh, what about the stoppage? Were you okay with the stoppage, or do you think the referee could have let it gone all over the way? Uh, he was shooting for a takedown, and then they stopped. I, 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 and it was like, what, three seconds left? Yeah, there was, it was three seconds. Let me get the exact time up. Um, it was very, it was like, second, just literally seconds left. They should just let it go. Uh, it was nine minutes, 57 seconds in the first round that Prochaska had it. Yes, they had three seconds, yeah. I mean, they should have just... Do you and think he, yeah, he was shooting for a takedown? I mean, he was. Do you think? Still... Do you think the blood had anything to do with it? Do you think if he was not, if he just happened to be not bleeding, it it would have could have gone on? Nah, I think that ref probably would have stopped it anyway. 
Um, but uh, I was I was cheering for Albrechtsen myself. Uh, fortunately, you know, I, it's not it's not a bad loss. Petroska is uh, an incredible fighter. He wants to fight Crocop. Uh, um, do you think that match will happen next year or this year? I should say. Yeah, it should. Uh, he won, and uh, you know, Crocop wants a couple of. Uh, he said it himself. He wants. You know, he doesn't want to fight cans on his last few fights he wants some legit young contenders or whatever so this is perfect yeah and we'll be talking about um crow cop uh, a little bit later on the uh on the beating up the seniors tour um which will be um <laughs> now uh, after this um we i well, was the uh, bantam grand prix quarterfinals uh and in the first match um was Taku- takafumi otsuka defeating kohi taha by submission, guillotine choke. Um, now, this went uh, three rounds, uh, and it finished uh, in... Um, Wikipedia has it as 12 minutes and 22 seconds, so I'm trying to think. It was five minutes, it's three minutes, five rounds, so that's... Uh, I don't know, I can't do the math in my head. But, um, basically, um, Taha was winning, um, I think... I think other than uh, I, I gave the I gave Otsuka the first round, but Taha, I think won the second round. Was uh, was totally just overpowering um, Otsuka. It, it, was the, it was the inverse to his fight with um, Ishibashi. Yes. Yeah. Ishibashi was winning the fight. Yeah. And then till the scramble, yeah, he caught the shin. And but again, that's I've said it uh, on Twitter uh, to some people was you know Taha his. His Achilles heel is the grappling. That's what catches him. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, he got... Uh, I was actually surprised, you know, that this guy... He, uh, both fights, he got taken down pretty easily. Like... Yes. It, it was like wrestling was a foreign language to him. Um, and he never dealt with it before. Which is possible, you know, on, 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 in his... You know, he's from Germany, you know. He probably doesn't have to deal with a lot of wrestling. Um, but when you come to Japan, that's something you gotta... You have to really work on. Well, you know, because uh, because there's all these matchups, people are you know fantasy booking. I, I don't know, maybe Taha and uh, Jay Hu Moon, because neither one of them really like to grapple. They just want to stand and fight. You mm-hmm. know, and just you know, maybe that maybe them two should uh, go at it this year. Yeah. Um... And uh, actually, you know, the funny thing is that er- uh, everybody's talking about Otsuka is not good at tournaments. Apparently, he doesn't. He does not do well in the tournament setting. So the question was, what would would he? Would this be his Cinderella story, or would it not be? Would it just be another uh, another uh, failure in, in his uh, uh, in his tournament resume? But uh, no, he uh, in the third round um, he managed to get a uh, he he managed to get a a a guillotine choke right when they're right up when they're against I have against the the uh, the turnbuckle, um, and yeah, and it was weird because it was sideways. Yeah, I didn't think it was. It, was, it didn't look tight. From from the angle, uh, obviously, that's not correct. Uh, you know, with the with how the fight finished, but yeah, it, it didn't look. Awkward. It was probably painful though, because it was just such an awkward position. Yeah. It almost it was almost more like a neck crank. I didn't even. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, o- Otsuka advanced, um, and uh, Taha was eliminated. But uh, I hope that we do see Taha in the future. I think he is a good fighter. Um, and this you know this one loss you know. Um, should not, you know, I don't think it should, should, should hold him back at all. What do you think? Oh, uh, no, he was, uh, at that 
fight with Atsuka, he was what eleven and zero. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah, eleven and zero. Yeah. Yeah. So no, nah, he's he, he'll definitely be back. <laughs> mm-hmm. If they let him go for that, that they're crazy. Now the um. um the next match I uh, we talked you mentioned a little bit bef- about before was uh, Shintiro Ishiwatari, who is the current Pancreas Bantamweight champion, on a five five fight win streak at the time, fighting Kevin Petchy, who was the tor- the tallest guy in the tournament at five ten. Um, this match didn't last very long. It 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 was a very brutal knockout by uh, Ishiwatari to Petchy, where he just. Uh, he caught him with a uh, right overhand, and Petchy just went face down. Um, what do you think of this? Oh, it's great. <laughs> um, not great for Petchy, but uh, yeah, it was a great knockout. I think it was the knockout of the two days. I think that was the the most, the best one. You know, the highlight real one. Um, and there was some other good uh, bangers up there too. But uh, yeah, I, it was a it was a good fight. I think. Um, you know, Petchy wants a rematch with him. I, I can see it happening. Um, I, I, I don't think that's advisable. I, I, he should fight somebody else. That it was too much of a. I saw too much of a skill disparity between the two. That would. Oh really? Yeah, I didn't. I, I saw. I didn't. I didn't see anything that made me went. That made me think that it wasn't like a like a just a a just a. a a hail mary knockout. That was a, that was a, that was a clearly planned. I think right overhand by by Ishiwatari. Um and I don't, I don't. You really think there could be a, re, a rematch? I don't know. That's what he's. That's what he's petitioning for. That's what he wants. Um, because he, I know. Uh, he, I said, I said, I said, put him against anybody else. Uh, put him a. Uh, because uh, I mean, to be honest, I mean, um, I thought Jay Hu Moon beat him in the initial. Actually, yeah, same thing. I actually thought uh, that Jay Hu Moon yeah. beat him as well. Um, yeah, because in that match as well, uh, I think he he basically just he basically uh, outlasted uh, Jay Moon, who was getting tired himself near the end of the round, um, near the end of the third round. That's why, and I think that Kevin Petchy just out cardioed him, from what I remember. Yeah, well, I don't even know if it was that. He just he would get him himself, but then. Jay Hume would just get out of it, and <laughs> just that's all it was, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, he's real crafty. Jay Hume's real crafty about getting out of stuff, mm-hmm. uh, out of grappling situations. So um, I don't know. I, I think uh, Petty is a decent fighter still, though, and uh, they could match him up with somebody, you know. Um, I'm trying to think, who, you know, I don't know Taha or something like that because. I'm sure we'll, you know, well, the next match, you know, we'll talk about that with... Uh, oh, James, yeah. I think. The real main event, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Uh, and that match was Manel Cape versus Uncle Creepy, Ian McCall, in his first fight in... Oh, jeez. I feel, I feel like it's been, like, decades since he fought uh, last. Um, let me just double-check his... Uh, his last match was in 2015, so it was... Oh, it was two years, a little over two years that that McCall had a match. Um, and what was he out from? Was it? Oh, sorry, what was that? What was he out for? Was he just inactive, or was it? For um, it was fights that were supposed to happen that just. If you go to his Wikipedia page, you, he might be the most unluckiest man in MMA. Uh, and we'll talk about that uh, with the with the match as well. But he had a whole bunch of uh, matches that were supposed to happen in 2014, 
2015, and fighters were either getting injured, he was getting injured, the uh, uh, someone was getting sick. So it's it. There's there's at least five or six lines of matches that were you can see expected. What? How many times? One, two, three, four, five, six, six times. Uh, he was supposed to fight people, and they just got canceled. Uh, uh for whatever reason. Oh wow! Okay. <laughs> so. uh yeah, well, then, like you said, he, he had even more bad luck then. Yes. Uh, uh, now, before this match happened, Miguel Cape was talking a lot of shit, and especially at the weigh-ins. Did you see what the, what happened? Oh, wait, you saw what happened. You had the you, you had that nice little segment on uh, on your YouTube channel, uh, Rise Up Podcast channel, on what happened the weigh-ins. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it started, the, the fight started then. Yes. Um, you know, and, uh, yeah, it was very... Uh, Manel Cape's very entertaining through the yes. whole, whole thing. On, and you're, and, uh, what do you what do you think about? Do you think he goes too far, or do you think he just gets that that type of char- heel character right? I think he just he just really he's got the heel character right. He mm-hmm. knows what he's doing, mm-hmm. and uh, he's riling everybody up, <laughs> and he gets in their head. He did it with Ursin Yamamoto. He did it with. Uh, um, with uh, Ian McCall even at, at that weigh-in, he, oh. he, you know, visibly bothered him. You know, you could visibly see on his face he's getting annoyed by him, and, and mm. it's, it, it works. I mean. And don't forget, what, don't forget what he did. He slapped uh, McCall in the back of the head. Yeah, and, um, you know, that I think is a little bit over the line, but... Uh, well, he would have, if this were in the United States, that he would have been fined. There's no question about that. He would have been fined. For that. That's why I like Japan better. Exactly. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, I, you know, he probably shouldn't be doing that, but, uh, you know, they were both back and forth. I think, um, they, cause I think Frank Trigg mentioned, uh, or maybe it was Joe Warren was saying that, um, he, somebody told him some words to say in Portuguese or whatever, um, or Spanish or whatever, to call him a piece of trash or whatever. So they were both just, you know, going back and forth with it. And then all the Twitter stuff, mm-hmm. they were, beefing on there, beefing, oh, yeah. you know, leading up to the fight, and uh, just, you know, it is what it is. I mean, um, that fight or that, that whole incident with the, with the uh, before the, the head slap, because they, they met up before, remember, and they were just drawing the lottery, seeing who's fighting who. Yep, I remember that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and he just, you know, got in his face and forehead to forehead, and, and that right there sold the fight for a lot of people. I saw a lot of people going, oh, man, I got to see this now. I wasn't interested before. So, I mean, he sells. I mean, he, he you know, he knows what he's doing. He's selling tickets, sells fights. I mean. You know, you do have MMA purists that, you know, who want just like, who just want to see, you know, gentlemanly sport of people punching each other in the face. You know, GSP, you know, like saying, saying respect to evolved opponents. But unfortunately, I think the, the, the trend has shifted to, and, you know, uh, you know, I try not to bring his name up too much because he's not involved with Japanese uh, or Asian mixed martial arts at all. You know, Conor McGregor, you know, he changed the yeah, whole game. Even before that, even before that, Muhammad Ali, Floyd Mayweather. It's always been in... in... But I think, I think with at least, uh, you know, at that time, there, you still, you know, someone, you know, you could still have people who just got around, like, you know, Mike Tyson, you know, he got around yeah, on just knocking... Yeah, uh, and knocking out people. But then... I... I, you know, when Conor, I think Conor McGregor kind of, 
Oh, well, not even Conor, but well, even I think maybe Chael Sonnen changed the whole game. Just where, yeah. where the talking of the where the, the talking up the fight is much more important than the skills of the fighter or something. But you've got to be able to back it up too. Um. But, yeah, I would say so. Um, I mean, if we're going to buy. Talk trash too much, and then you lose every time. It's not. Well, you know. so far, Conor McGregor has been able to do it uh, back to buy, back twice. Um, we'll have to see. You know, maybe third time's not a charm for him. Now, I've seen people turn on him already. All the diehard fans. Oh yeah, but here's the thing. You know, if if Conor McGregor's on a pay per view, people that don't even watch MMA are going to tune in. That's that's how. Yeah, well, and, and you know, not it's, it's not as big in a, in America, so it doesn't have the same effect. But that's kind of what Manel Cape did yeah. with with this is is people that watch MMA, you know, they're probably going to skew more towards like the hardcore audience. But still, they usually oh UFC only, and this is you know that's all I watch. And um, even they went oh okay, I got to see this now. Yeah. So I mean, it works. Oh, no, it absolutely worked. And I don't know if you've seen Miguel Cape's Twitter and Instagram where he's posting photos of, like, him buying Gucci shoes and, and wearing expensive clothes. He's totally got down. I, 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 yeah. You know, I, I like someone who knows their worth, and he truly, he knows his worth. You know, he went from, I didn't know, I, I knew nothing, very little about him when he fought Ursan Yamamoto. And after that match, he was the guy who I was talking about the most. Yeah, well, he had a great knockout, and then afterwards he ran into the crowd, and it was great. Uh, but as for what, uh, as for this match, um, well, before the match started, they had having like three or four security people in the ring separating. It was like five referees. In yeah, there. yeah, and um, Cape was just yelling at at McCall. He's dead. He's dead. Uh, which I was, I thought was hilarious. I was dying laughing at this whole spectacle. Um, oh yeah. I mean, it, it, it just the tension. You could feel it. Yeah. I mean. Um, unfortunately for McCall, though, his bad luck, unfortunately, just continues to follow him, even in Japan. Um, and what happened, as soon as that bell rung, they went right at it. And then the, McCall, well, M- M- Cape got, he, he grabbed grabbed uh, McCall by the waist, if I recall. And Mc, he got a knee, and then McCall's face slid across the rope, the second ring rope, I believe it was, and he started bleeding really, really badly above the eyebrow. And then the referee stopped, they stopped the match, and because it's a tournament, you know, I don't know if this was a regular match, they may not have stopped it, but it's a tournament match, they stopped the match due to doctor stoppage with McCall, Manel Cape defeating Ian McCall. And what do you think about this? What do you, was, what do you think about, there was, do you think was this an accidental rope thing, or was the? Do you think the knee is what got him? Oh man, there's like even Burtek. I mean, they're saying it, it could have been the, the clash of heads, could have been a headbutt, could have been a knee, yeah. could have been a rope. Yeah. I, but people are saying, look at his arms too, because his arm also slid across the rope, and it's fine. Well, I had know, a th- there was no yeah. I had a theory that the, no, like major di- damage or anything. So uh, who know? You know, and I know McCall won't even know either because you're in the moment. You're yeah. Not really, you know, feeling anything yeah. until afterwards. But um, um, it, either way, it's unfortunate. I did not want to see it. It was kind of anticlimactic that way. You know. It, uh, it, um, yeah, I agree. But in a way, it's kind of it's, it kind of it kind of was a it gave Cape more shit to talk about. 
in the future because he can say oh, now that well, he and it sets up the rematch for sure. Exactly. That that's a perfect rematch in my opinion. Um, uh, unfortunately, you know, I don't know what it was. You know, I feel like I want to say the knee is what opened up the wound, but perhaps just the just rubbing his and now and I know McCall talked about this on his on Twitter or Instagram that they don't Vaseline up the fighters' faces before the matches. So no. um he said that he wants he wants to make sure for his next match he's Vaselined up so that it doesn't happen again, which you know, I'm gonna guess, you know, having your face get getting ridden against the ropes doesn't help. But I can't believe that is what's split him open entirely. No, that that's I mean, I know it's like a, it's more like a PVC, but it's not a traditional rope like how uh, Pride or most rings are, boxing rings and stuff yeah. like that, kickboxing rings. Yeah, I didn't. Like, there's no divots. They got the LED lights inside of it, so they got like a PVC thing instead. Mm. Um, so it's a little bit tougher of a material. I don't see it like just ripping flesh off like that. Not, not. I mean that uh, that looks like a gouge. I don't see a rope or even like a piece of. Um, like you'd have to be the velocity you'd have to be hitting that rope to to, to gash you like that. I, I I don't see. I think it was either either a headbutt or or a knee that got him. I think it was that knee. It was that knee right against the ropes and um because he dropped him in the corner. Remember he had him. Yeah, McCall was in the corner and then he like. He, he, he need him or whatever, and, and then like shoved his head down, and then he was on the ground. Then he was when he got his back, and then he flipped him over, and then that's when he saw the blood. Or before that, he could see the blood on McCall's uh, on Cape's back or whatever, and flipped him over, and then you could see, you know, and then you could see McCall's face, and it was all bloody. And I, I, I don't see it being a rope though. I don't. I, I, Pride never. They never greased up. Mm-hmm. They never greased up in Rising. That's never been an issue. I, the only time I can remember where a where a a combat ring or cage affected the outcome of a match was it, I think it was last year or two years ago. Jake Ellenberger had a match where he got his foot caught in the in the uh, in in between the mat and the cage of uh, during a match, and the referee stopped it, and they ruled it a TKO. Um, when it probably should have been a no contest, because the referee was saying it was a malfunction of the ring of the cage. But yes, other than that, I can't. There's, I can't. There's never. I can't recall. No, this this is really the first time. If it if it was that even. Um, yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like it's never happened before. I don't really see this. Be, that being the case here either. Because um, this thing about it, all the fights that you've seen them, they've then they're and they're pushed up against the ropes and they're mm. rubbing around on it. They, you would see their backs all scratched up and gouged, and you just don't see that. So I don't really mm. see, you know, you, you would notice it more. You'd see yeah. bleeding all over the place if the ropes were were that sharp, or, or you know what I mean, if they were that oh absolutely. That much them. So I, I I don't really buy that, but. Um. Um, but uh, nonetheless, uh, nonetheless, you know, Cape has a win against E. McCall, and hopefully, we'll be talking a little about about it later. Maybe it'll be a rematch against McCall. Um, maybe it won't be. Maybe somebody will be fighting uh, Cape. I think, um, and uh, we might have some people that we'll talk about later. But in the last match of the um, of the show, uh, Kyochi Horiguchi versus uh, Gabriel Oliveira. 
Um, and uh, this was won by Horiguchi after um, after a left hook and a hard jab, and uh, Oliveira just went down. Even though he had the size advantage, um, Horiguchi was just way too fast uh, for him. Yeah, he was just in and out, in and out, in and out. Yeah, it, it was it was like it was like Horiguchi had had a dinner plans after, and it was like okay, I gotta finish this before the second round, and he did exactly that. Um, yeah. No, uh, Oliveira's not a bad fighter at all. Um, no, not by any means. I oh. think uh, I think he'll be a good featherweight. Oh yeah. I mean, he did defeat Kawajiri to get in to get to this position. So, you kind know. of, kind of. I don't know if you remember or not because I, I was complaining about this. Was they and when, remember when everybody was drawing the the balls or whatever to see what slot they got or whatever? Yeah. Then they had this mystery slot. Oh and kept, yes. Yeah. And I kept going like. Something's missing here, and I, I couldn't put my finger on it. Really, I'm like, oh, where the you know, where's Alvera? So, was it initially like, uh, you know, if if Kawajiri wins, he gets in, and then if Alvera wins, he gets nothing. Like, I I, ne- I never understood that. What happened there? I got gotcha. you. <laughs> what was the what was the point for Alvera to fight Kawajiri if he wasn't going to get anything? So I was kind of like, ha- I was really happy when he when they finally announced him as is the one that's going to fight him, but um. Yeah, just Horiguchi, man. He's just on a whole. He's just on a level on his own, man. <laughs> so. Only he, he only has um, two losses, if I'm correct, and uh, one and uh, one of them is against uh, Demetrius Johnson, which is not you know. Hey, who's against yeah, Demetrius Johnson? Top guy. That's you know. Um, and if you want to talk about rounds, almost he that almost went the full distance, if I remember correctly, uh, with that armbar. Off by one second. One, yeah. Uh, so yeah, you know, and Horiguchi, you know, ri- you know, Ryzen sees great potential in him. The only question is, you know, will the audience, you know, will will the audience see um, potential in it? Uh, will they, will they, will they be drawn to him? And um, yeah, that's what I'm wondering because I, I, I know tension's big. I know arena's big. I know King Arena's pretty big. And that's one thing I'm going. We're, we're going. I want to talk about layers of ratings because um, the, the ratings are. Um, Oh, they're a little bit worrying, unfortunately, if we're going to go by what they had last year. Um, but uh, to finish off the review, we're going to go on to December 31st um, at the Super Saitama Arena. Um, oh, and just to let everybody know, um, first show um, attendance was 15,539, which is a little bit down from, from the year before, but not too much. Um, it's still a pretty good sized crowd, I think. Uh, what do you think about that? Yeah, I mean that's uh, it's a decent arena. I mean most arenas, you know, some, you know small ones. They're going to be about fifteen thousand. So I mean, you know, I, I you know I don't, you know, if, you, if you're going to base it, uh, if you're going to compare it to like you know the big arenas in, in Tokyo Dome with Pride, I mean yeah. you're going to say it's miserable. But for it being new and it's you know a different era and everything, I think those are respectable numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and, uh, oh, actually I just wanted to ask, um, we also do this, um, after a show, uh, do you, um, uh, we, since, you know, UFC does their whole performance of the night and fight of the night, what was your, uh, uh, performances or performance of the night and fight of the night for day one? Um, I guess I'd have to put Gucci up there, even though it's not really surprising, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, um, Yeah, that one. That one was pretty. I mean, it was just one sided. That was the one that was like the one of the ones that was the most one sided. Mm-hmm. Was, mm-hmm. 
What's all in Gucci? Um, worst fight was Batar for sure. No, no doubt, no <laughs> doubt. That was the worst um, knockout of the night. Obviously, uh, Ishitari. That was. Uh, oh yeah, no, that was my highlight reel. Oh yeah, poor Gucci and Ishitari both had my uh, performance of the night, and uh, for fight night was Watanabe versus Sugiyama. Um, no, yeah, a lot, that was a good I know a lot of people said that uh, Saiga and uh, Azakura was um, their fight of the nights, which you know, I don't no no issue with that. I just thought that Watanabe and Sugiyama it was just it was just a great clash just to see a one and fighter versus a fourteen and five fighter, and you know, the the underdog really uh, come out of it. 